Welcome to the medicine cabinet. Second episode of the second season. And I'm so honored, so proud, so happy to introduce this episode. Saying uh, Drew Ford, you know, uh, that viola kid. I'm so impressed with him. Every time I see him on his grind, he always gets to it. Like, like you can say whatever you want about the dude, but he's out there getting it. He's inspiring people. He inspires me. I've seen him get better. Saying he sounds great. Not like saying he ever sounded bad or like that, but but yeah. But he's like, yeah, he sound, yeah, he's doing his thing. He keeps on growing. Saying as a person, as a musician. As a as a as a classical musician, as a classical musician mogul, to me at least, so, yeah, I'm a big fan of the brand. Yeah, big up to that uh, Viola kid all day. Play homie, play. But uh, yeah, that's what this episode is going into. He really takes us on a journey of uh, how he how he does what he does, you know. And I, and and I can already guarantee after you listen to this episode, you will be inspired too. So. Uh, Buckle up and get, get ready for the ride. All right, that Viola kid. Let's go. Yeah, but the, but the guest of honor today said so we got Drew, A Ford, saying, aka that Viola kid. Say so I met him about a year ago on tour. I didn't know who he was. He was a new guy to the tour. And then my homie Ray Ray saying was like, Yo, he's got like fifty, say fifty thousand followers. So I'm, like, I'm like, who's this dude? He's like, Yeah, I got fifty. He, he got fifty thousand. I'm then like, what? He's a classic musician. What the fuck are you yeah. talking about? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You mean he got 50,000 followers? Yeah. So I checked the shit. I'm like, what? You know? And then it was 60,000, not even 50. Mm-hmm. And then like, uh, yeah, well, even on that tour, I saw I saw him on saying on his grind, mm-hmm. saying doing his thing. I never heard the term Insta Fam until I saw until I saw Drew. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Then I saw it was yeah. a thing, you know. And then. Uh, I, I like to believe that I, I started that. Yo, did you start that Viola Nation? Yeah. All right, I thought so. Yeah. But there's actually, but I mean, it's not, that one's hard to, harder to claim. Wait, wait, wait. Because a lot of wait, people yeah, use that. Right, wait, 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 yeah, my, my bad. Let me slow it down. It's okay, yeah, yeah. Now, the, 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 yeah, so, uh, what's it called? So, wait, when did you start? Like, when first, did I start? When did you first log into Instagram? Oh, man. Okay, so, like, I got my first like kind of faux smartphone uh, back in like 2013, and I was like, "Yo, uh, I gotta get some apps." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, and so like it was like one of the things that everybody was talking about. Everybody was talking about Instagram for like a couple of years by that time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was until it wasn't until a couple of girls were like, "Hey, do you have Instagram?" Uh, and I was like. I'm, I need to get me some Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 that's my thing too. I don't ask girls for their number. I'll be like, yo. I'd be like, shoot me a DM. Yo, what's your Instagram? What's your Instagram? Instagram? Yeah, no, that's how, that's how it goes so now. You know, you know what? Actually, it's I find that that in the dating sphere is like way less intrusive than trying to get their number. Because like it's like a first step to get in contact with them, and and without having to say like he has my number, and mm-hmm. I don't want to have to change. Like they don't have to change their number if they decide to block you. But use your password. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what's your what's your what's your six digit passcode, girl? Yeah. Anyway, uh, but yeah. So I and I, you know what? It was so funny because. I was introduced to Instagram that summer. I was at Colorado College Music Festival, and there were some photographers there, and they were taking pictures of really beautiful landscapes and putting filters on them. And I, I, 
the process of putting a filter on something was so interesting to me because it changed the entire feel and emotion. And I had never thought about photography at the time, but Instagram really ignited my passion for photography and storytelling through images. Uh-huh. Because as musicians, we storytell through sound. audio, through sound, yeah, through yeah. sound waves, but using light as an instrument, as, as, as an instrument to tell a story is really uh, just another vein of creativity that I've come to fall in love with. So, 2013. So you didn't do any, like, photography classes in in high school? No, man. No no high school, no college. I didn't even really realize I wanted to get better at photography until about a year ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, Actually, on the Sphinx tour. Oh, uh, Yeah, I was like, let me get an actual camera because before, I was taking everything on my iPhone, like all my pictures. Yeah. And like they were, they were always hot garbage. So I was like, I need hey. to get something, you know. Hey. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it real. And yeah, so right. my stuff is a little shanky right now. No, you yeah. know what, Chris? All you gotta do yeah. is is think about your composition. The man. Photoshop. No, yeah, yeah, about Photoshop, not, man. Not, 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 not quality, quality, quality is a thing. Yeah, know? quality is a thing of quantity. And yeah, and uh. Yeah, focus. Yeah, I got to focus on some of that, too. As far as, like, uh, getting that. Uh, because I want to get some videos up on my yeah. stuff, too. But this is we're just starting now. We, like, saying second pant leg going in. Right? Oh, for, of yeah, course. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like, you got you to gotta get I've in I've never there. heard that before. Second pant second leg. Pant yeah. leg. No, look. You got, one, you got one pant leg up. Yeah. But oh, you got to you yeah. get your other. You're not even so in we're it. We're pulling it up right now. Yeah, we're you're pulling, pulling it up. up. That, that was a freestyle. No, hey, you know what? No, I was right there. Same wavelength. Buzz, <laughs> no, that was great. So yeah, man, that's that's how that's how I kind of got started, and uh, I'm I'm obsessed with improvement. I'm obsessed with trying to continue to deliver better content because at the end of the day, man, if somebody decides to consume your content, yeah. they're spending a finite resource, which is their time. If somebody gives you their time, they're never going to give it get it back. That's interesting. So if you can increase your value proposition for the time. People are going to not only respect your time more, <clears throat> but they're going to value whatever you produce as well. It's like a positive feedback loop. So I'm always obsessed with trying to create better content for people so they feel even better whenever they interact with me online in any sort of way. So wait, tell me, uh, from the story I heard, like your first like major story, this is before stories was even popping. Yeah. You, uh, you basically vlogged your whole... Uh, audition process to Juilliard, is that true? What, okay, so what it was, yeah, so I, I did this thing and with much chagrin now. Uh, uh, something called Journey to Juilliard. Yeah. And that was that was your name, you came up with the name? Yeah, Journey to Juilliard, that was my hashtag that I started. Um, and it's so funny, I misspelled Juilliard for like the first three or four posts. <laughs> I was stupid. Um, that, that I is, that silent I is deceptive, man. Mm. Um, <laughs> but I didn't forget the double L, so good to know. And so, yeah, I, I I had seen some upperclassmen a year before me audition for Juilliard, and I was like, okay, if they can get in, maybe I have a shot. Because we were all neck and neck. We were all competing with each other, and we were all really close. So I felt like it was not this unattainable thing anymore. So I wanted to, because, you yeah, know. To be honest, did they, did, did they sound like trash? <laughs> no, they sounded great. Right. No, they sounded great. No, like, uh, shout out to Robert McDuffie, Center for Strings, right. an amazing conservatory at Mercer University. All right. um, really great, and my teacher was phenomenal uh, there, Becca Albers. So big shout out to them. They're an incredible organization and, uh, and school. But, so I was like, 
you know, in college I was a much different person than I am now. Very lazy, uh, very unorganized. Still unorganized, but much more so, much or much less so organized than I am now. And I needed motivation because I hated practicing. I didn't know how to practice. I didn't hadn't discovered yet, you know, that fire. Now, now, now I understand because if I don't have a concert, if I don't have an audition, if I don't have a festival, I have a tour coming up. I'd be looking at my bass just playing scales like, what the hell am I doing? Exactly. You know exactly. And you yeah. know what it was? <clears throat> First of all, I, I created it to, I called my senior recital Journey to Juilliard. Yeah. Hence the hashtag. And it, wanted pe- and it was pretty much my last stand before grad school audition. So I wanted as many people there as possible. So I started advertising across Instagram to all the people who followed me, which are just people I went to college with, to come to my recital. So I can get really nervous and, and hopefully not mess up. But if I mess up, at least that's the worst thing that could happen to me. Yeah. And then I've already gotten that done when I hit the audition circuit. So that's what it turned into. And then people were like, oh, you're auditioning for Juilliard after using the hashtag. And so I was like, ah, oh, man, what if I turn this into a literal journey? What if I start posting videos with my rehearsals? How old were you? And I was 22. 22? 22. Yeah. And like... Uh, like, uh, sorry to cut you off. No, like, you're good. You're good. Let's yeah. call like, like, where do these influences come from? Like, who'd you see do it first, or saying where's it coming from? You know, nobody. I didn't see anybody because remember, I would was still new to the platform, so I hadn't, you know, I hadn't gone and searched. I didn't run into too many people, but you know what? I'd always wanted to be an like, Instagrammer. Like, 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 uh, <laughs> like there was like no road rules, no uh, nothing like that. Like nothing like. I didn't TV. discover that till later. Well, nothing on TV that made you want like no journalist. Well, here's what made me want to be an Instagrammer. Uh, I saw there was like a uh, there was like an ad for like BMW or something. Uh, and they said we're giving a BMW to uh, some some of the most popular Instagrammers on Instagram to go take photos of their journey with with our BMW. And I was like, Shh, I want a BMW. You know, I was like, what one? So that that was I was like, influencers are being given things, and I'd always loved YouTube, but I always want to be a YouTuber. But uh, I was way too scared and insecure to be a YouTuber at that point. So I was like, let me try doing the Instagram thing. Let me see, just dip my toe in. Let me put, I had one pad leg up, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, got I got you, I got you, I got you. So, yeah. yeah. And that's kind of how it started. And um, it's just kind of a, a snowball from there. Man. Like, uh, when did it start, like, uh, getting easier? Because a lot of musicians are scared to, like, post. You never... It doesn't really, if you notice, if you look at my page, I now don't post as much of my playing. I'm actually the most insecure about my playing that I've ever been. Oh, wow, uh, right, right now? now? Right now, yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm what dying. What <laughs> um, Is it, it, it oh, sorry, is it yeah. too much like, because uh, like uh, sometimes you're working so hard, you can't, yeah. do the, you can't do your fundamentals. It's, you know what it is? It's since I've graduated, and this year in particular, um, I've been getting, I've been scheduling more business meetings trying to build my career. So I'll like literally like pretty much every morning uh, of each week, um, I now schedule a business meeting with somebody who will buy them coffee and I'll pitch ideas to them or I'll ask them for advice or I'll see what I can do to help them, um, especially if they're doing something cool. So I really try to schedule as many coffee morning business meetings as possible throughout the week. 
And then, you know, I'm starting to get more work, so then I have rehearsal for work, or I'm busking, or I'm doing this or that. And because of that, I now no longer have time to practice. And so because I'm not practicing as much as I'm used to, my security with playing is falling right to the ground. And it's because when I get home, uh, <clears throat> my roommates are home, and they're, they're oh, yeah. wonderful people, yeah. and they yeah, usually yeah. they try to be amenable, but they work day jobs. And yeah. so when yeah. they get home, I don't feel comfortable. Now, before the podcast started, Sam was just uh, saying me and my girl, Sam, living in a spot, you know, saying Me? No, me and my Oh, girl. oh okay. <laughs> I, like, I ain't got no words. Yeah. Since when, man? Okay. Stop trying to put me on black. You yeah, no, it's great. Now, and like, uh, she would be at work from her 9 to 5, and that was the best practice I've had in New York City since I've been here. When, what, when she's back? When she's gone. Yeah, when, when she's saying, gone, yeah. Saying, mm-hmm. When I walk around the house naked, saying, yeah. <laughs> making eggs and cheese, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 then, and then you just pick up the bass and, yeah. and then just get straight to it, you know, like. Yeah. And then like, uh, but like when you when you think people are listening and saying, it's insecurities are falling naturally, you know? Yeah, well, it's because I'm not putting in the work. And, and you know, like, I, I know I'm not... I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm a above average violist I would say an above average violist but I want to be you good man you're doing you're doing recitals you're doing yeah but you're playing stadiums you play like but, but, when you, but when you have a, at, like agencies look at you and tell you're not good enough to be represented when you're saying when, when people like look at your YouTube stuff from like you know undergrad because that's all you got up mm. and they'd be like mm, I don't know I think he's just all hype right. you know that's not yeah it's not cool it's 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 not as good for the um, for the mind for the, for the mind so it's the fact that I'm not being able to put in the work that I want to um, because I am trying to hustle the business and really it's really hard to reconcile constant creation being a businessman and then going back into the art do you think that as musicians today for artists in general, we yeah. just have too many, like, are stretched too thin. Because, look, like, look at it this way. Like, oh, yeah. Imagine if Balk had Instagram. Uh, I mean, Game Would he have time to write all that music? No. <laughs> well, well, the fact that Netflix exists is, is oh, a testament. <laughs> what, 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 I can, what I can say is Check now is the best time to be a musician ever in the history of the world. Contra- even a classical music, musician, because the value proposition is your audience is out there. They're waiting for you, and you don't have to submit to a gatekeeper now. You have this wonderful thing called the internet, mm-hmm. and you can put your stuff out there. And okay. if it's quality, it's democratized. Mm-hmm. If you are just better than everybody else, if you are just more dedicated than everybody else, instead of just throwing up recital one angle, if you really are dedicated to creating good content, telling good stories, you have a chance. It's just like opening a restaurant. Right. Like, why are you going to open another chicken and waffles joint unless you were going to be the best damn chicken and waffles joint? Homemade syrup. But if you are, now you've got the internet because people Instagramming you. Nah. People, you got, it's not just word of mouth anymore. It's not just you having to, you know, plead to, to a promoter or a presenter to put you on. It's like if you show up and you're rolling 117,000 people deep and using your analytics to say, I can... 100% verified that I have 2,437 fans here in this city, yeah, and yeah. I can sell out this 250 ticket, you know, 250 seat venue. Can you give me a chance? Can you take a chance on me? I think they would call that a uh, sauce. 
That's what I'm saying. But, but you couldn't do that before. Rock and that's why this is the best time to be a musician <laughs> ever. However, because there is that opportunity, it requires that we wear more hats right. or pay money to pay people who can wear the different hats for you. But as it is, we're musicians. We don't have the capital to like hire a full full on team right out the gate. That takes you, time. You think there's gonna be like a market crash in, in a sense, like in terms of art? Because everything's just just a weird time where like half cyborgs, oh we are cyborgs, you know, we have yeah, like yeah. digital cells yeah, yeah, yeah. and like and it's like you know, this is very new, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even like if you go back to like recorded music, mm-hmm. like just recording a song. Yeah. That hasn't happened for most of humans' existence. So it's like, we're in this like epic change, and you know, it's great, we have all the stuff that came about after recording, like all these different types of music, you know, electric stuff, or yeah. electric guitar, Yeah. you know, yeah. that, it, it, there was no electricity, how you gonna have, you know? Yeah, EDM, EDM doesn't exist without, it's electronic, right, right. you yeah. need electronic. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm interested to see yeah. how you, humans' ears are gonna adjust, you know, we're already yeah. over, yeah. Over uh, stimulated, yeah, with like uh, internet, you know, emails, you know, I don't know, porn. <laughs> uh, he, he went to porn. Okay, I have know. to. I'm, this is real. Uh, Here, here's here's the thing. You know what? You know, like the people like classical music though. It covers is it covers a lot most timbres that we can perceive in in the range. Uh, EDM. Can, does the same thing. If you listen and you look at really well-constructed EDM and dubstep, they cover every frequency level with a different instrument, a different layer. Right, right. And so those two parallels put yeah. together create a very rich tapestry of sound yeah. for us to perceive. So if anything, music is getting more creative, it's becoming more. Mm. And you don't have to spend, like, you spend hours doing something else rather than learning how to play a G4 perfectly in tune to make your whole instrument resonate. You figure out, how can I make this, uh, how, how do I fix this reverb so I'm not, you know, phasing out my, my kick drum? You know what I mean? Mm. So it's like, it's a different skill yeah, set. Yeah, so sorry. You know? Yo, uh, so, uh, so when did you start viola? Uh, I was 12 years old. 12 years Sixth old. Grade. So when you yeah. saw your first viola player and you bring the instrument, what were you thinking? I just want to play. What were you thinking? Like I didn't see a viola player. I just knew there weren't any, and so I was mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna be the best if I just do it. <laughs> okay. I was super competitive when I was. Okay. So so yeah. so all right. So all right. That's 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 what's going on over there. Yeah. So like you're studying classically, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I was studying kept classically. I'm thinking, I'm gonna get into an orchestra. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna play in chamber groups. Mm-hmm. But I see you doing, like, your basically, like, solo, free, 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 freelance thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so. Yeah. So, what, so, like, uh, uh, what made you want to take this, this, this vlogging route, you know, like, over, mm-hmm. over just the regular, oh, I'm a teacher and play in orchestra? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, uh, orchestra's great. Was it, what, 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 like, was there, like, any hurdles or, like, this is something that came out of nowhere, came out of nowhere, and you're kind of like, damn. Well, you know what, man? I, uh, <clears throat> I've always been kind of entrepreneurial-minded, and it's really hard to be entrepreneurial in an orchestra job because you can't travel. Like, you, you have to stay. It's like a day job. It's like right. a blue-collar right. day job, clock in, clock out. And 
I, I always like adventure. Like, the, the way that I see, at least right now, I don't want to be settled. Like, I'm 26, man. Like, I don't want to live in the same city I'm going to die in. Like, that's just not attractive to me right now. Yeah. And so... Uh, I'm going to quote that one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just don't... Yeah, it's just <laughs> you got, like... You got the wanderlust. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got a little bit of wanderlust, and there's more to learn. And, I, and I've seen how orchestral musicians leave an orchestra like a, a rehearsal or a concert nine times out of ten they don't engage with the audience they look miserable on stage um i've played with some pro level orchestras and stuff like that and there's so many rules and etiquettes and egos and i mean at the end of the day like they sound okay you know what i mean but if you put most most orchestral musicians in the world against the best string like string quartet players they'll lose every single time the string quartet players are just like well, i feel like there's this there's this when, hunger when were, when, when, when were your best like orchestral experiences who my you know my one of my best orchestral experiences was my final concert with the Juilliard orchestra we played you know Mahler, the titan Mahler one mm-hmm. and at the very end in that last movement i just cried it was just like such a powerful moment it's the perfect piece to end an era it's a perfect piece to end a career as a student, um, and it really just kind of moved me on such a on an epic level. Aside from that, you know, high school, Tchaikovsky four, Shostakovich mm-hmm. five, you know, uh, Dvorak nine, you know, Dvorak yeah. eight, like just the really great pieces. I am obsessed yeah. with orchestral music when it comes so, to like that. A, like a. a, a it's Einhelden we were playing. Oh my god. I've uh, never played it. I played the excerpts though. But Measure Marking 77, you know, mm. the theme comes back around. And that was the first time, uh, like I was telling somebody this the other day, it's like, uh, uh, it's like uh, the first time you like ejaculate, saying like, uh-huh. and it's like, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, like literally or figuratively? I'm talking about literally. You know? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what it was meant to do. No, 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 but, 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 I'm saying, but, but I'm saying, though, saying like those goosebumps, you know, those are the same goosebumps I got. Saying yeah. when measure marking seventy seven came around, yeah, and, uh, uh, around That's I didn't crazy. ejaculate all of myself. But I was, yeah, it was like an emotional. But, but, but real talk, but real yeah. talk, those first goosebumps. I'm like playing in orchestra, like what the hell is going yeah. on? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it's other world. And then I was like, damn, uh, yeah. I'm about this right now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? yeah. And like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's really and like, like first time. Oh yeah, it's like the very first time. Like, like I always enjoyed. I, I always, <laughs> always been like, always enjoyed being on stage. You know what I'm saying? Like the attention from that. But like uh, when I connected with the music like that, say on stage and like with everything yeah, that was going on, and like there was so many like young like bosses like from NEC prep, you know, and yeah. like, yeah, and like, yeah. Let me, can I ask y'all something as string players? Sure. Because for me, as like a one player, usually when we're in orchestra, we're like a quote-unquote solo chair, but everybody's yeah. got the same part. Yeah. But the thing I like about, like, my favorite violins are like my favorite string sections I've seen, it's like, you know, like a flock of birds or like a... You know, like, like, like the fish that they go. Yeah, 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 school of fish. Yeah, school of fish. Everybody yeah. just in line and just, you know, mm-hmm. and like it's 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 a skill. Like, because every time we have, as one players have to play in unison, you like we re- was like oh oh okay, 
it's like a whole different like mind state. Yeah. You know, you gotta like join together yeah. almost you know, as opposed to like harmonies, you're like trying to fit in like here. Unison is, you know, the strongest interval, mm-hmm. right? You know, everybody plays unison and you like Ramsack City, you yeah. got like twenty horns <laughs> playing high G's or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I always wonder like our string players, like I know you're doing your like more like soul, like doing your own tip. Do you feel like at like a certain point you were like do you still enjoy like section playing and stuff or do you prefer you know for me personally i love orchestra there's just too many people and there's too many risks of people not playing or who was trash yeah. so if i have a smaller group there's more of a chance they'll be like really? higher caliber oh you know uh, yeah. Like, yeah yeah it's a, it's a trade-off yeah, yeah but but i'm saying like there's like uh yeah i know what you're saying and and, and the, the probability that you're saying like uh all right, there's less. All right, there's less sides in a square and a triangle compared to a square, so it's more sturdy. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like I get that, you know, but like uh, when when the orchestra's popping, there's nothing that could beat that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, when you're in the right hall and everybody's locking together, you know what I'm saying? Well, sure, that's got to be amazing. Yeah, it's nuts. It's like it's, nuts. it's, it's like when you watch those uh, those uh, I think it. It was it Nazis or China or something? But the oh, soldiers, where they where they soldiers, march all the soldiers, soldiers yeah, they all march chopping yeah. together and like yeah, it's like <laughs> that's that's what the orchestra is when when it is locking, you know, it's like your brains are sinking up. It's yeah, like it's oh, nuts. German engineering. Ne- yes, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's nothing like it. It's hard to compare. Yeah, because they're different experiences and and. But there's different aesthetics within orchestras too, like that, like that marching kind of like that. Yeah. But then I feel like you know in French music and in some operas where even they're rock definitely music. not mar- marching together like that, but they are yeah. moving as well. There's a lot of gesturing. Like there's, gesturing. Like there's a lot dance. of gesturing. Yeah. yeah. Even in jazz, like when saying when I went to go see Ron Carter the other day, saying thanks Kyle, but yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, like watching all those guys just link up together, you know, in this moving sync like that. I but, big, but, but big band too, like something yeah. special when it's all the people together. Oh yeah, like Duke Ellington stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're right in that pocket, you know. And I yeah. think that's what when you see people move, it's like that's if, if everyone's moving together, even if it's improvised, uh, it's like pre kind Mar- of like. But you know what you have to do when you're when you're in that unit, you have to conceive to the greater good. Right. Yeah. Even even if or you know higher, better, higher good. if you know better or you have a stronger feeling about how you can more optimally do something, mm-hmm. you have to forego that and do whatever everybody else is doing. Yeah. Which is, what, which is, sorry, I'm just, this is really excites me because, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, excited. I'm excited about this. <laughs> because I see, like, it's just, it's just amazing, like, especially like the bow, the bowings. Yeah. That that part blows my mind. Because yeah. as home, like, like, home player, sometimes like, as like I'm not playing that alternate position because it don't make sense for me right there. Yeah. So fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> you can't do that with bowings. <laughs> and do you know? Do you understand how many shit bowings I've had to deal with mm. because of, because the section decided they wanted to do that, or not even that. It's because the violins who are completely different instruments, decide that this bowing is better for them because it's easier on the violin and it's really hard on viola. Mm. And when the, when the, I hate when the principal violist is like, I guess we gotta do it because the violin's <laughs> I, I'm like, stand your ground, man, come yeah. on. Yeah. But then yeah. I gotta go with it, you know? Right. So yeah. I, I, it's, it's, it's multiple layers. So if your concertmaster is solid and boom, with it, it's fun because you have a leader and you're locking in, mm-hmm. but when, I find a lot of times now, especially when you're freelancing, mm-hmm. 
Everybody's wishy-washy. Principals can't play. Exactly. Ah! So it's like, who am I supposed to follow? The conductor isn't accurate. The principals aren't playing together. And when you are in situations like that, it's not fun. I'm going to get in trouble for that one. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> no, no. You didn't name any names. Yeah. They know who they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the principals can't play. It's really, really a, uh, a not fun experience. Like you said, like everybody starts to get pissed because then it's like, well, who's taking care of business? You know, like, <laughs> care of business? how are they getting paid more than me? Yeah, exactly. Why should I? Show oh gosh, up? yeah. yeah. And then, and then no. at that point, it, everything just falls. So whether it's jazz or classical, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. So, like you said, fewer people. More often a, a result. Like everybody has more responsibility. I guess that's why. Everybody, for me, I, I'm guessing. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. You know, like a lot of composers put all like this heavy shit in their string quartets. Yeah. It's like, was it just easier? They're like, oh, I'll just get some, like, dope players, like, these ideas out, as opposed to, like, a whole orchestra, like, oh, my God, like, you know, for, like, third violin in the back. <laughs> you, you know what it is, man? No. The string quartet is the rock band. Mm, that's, mm. It's the Beatles. It's the Beatles. It quite literally Who? is a rock band. It's wow. just the old school, like, electronic instruments had, like, blues and jazz hadn't been created yet. Um, to, as a foundation for rock music. But, like, we are a rock band as a string quartet. And if you listen to Bar Talk, mm. like, look, if you listen to that, you're like, you're, you're bopping your head, like, this is legit. Sometimes even Beethoven, like, you gotta get the right piece, but if you're, like, listening to the harp quartet, like, that thing will have you move in your body. It's like, it's visceral. Mm -hmm. It's visceral. Dvorak will do it to you, too. So it's like, it's, it's, I find that there's more power because of the emote, the emoting material, the, con the communicating uh, ability mm -hmm. of being for people trying to make something bigger, mm -hmm. you know, one sound. So, but that's a fascinating, I just had never considered, you know, what is it like being one player per part, you right. know, in the back of the orchestra? Because I, I love, like, and another hand too, like in one ensemble, yeah. like, well, sometimes, one ensemble sometimes has three trombone, but a lot of times, you know, you just got doubling. So, you know, it's not as extreme, but, it's, you know, it could be annoying. Yeah. You know, if someone's just a little off, and you're just like, ah, I just got to play a little bit louder. Multiply it by eight. <laughs> oh, that's what it's like that's for scary. a viola. Multiply it by 11, and that's violence wow. per section. So... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does that like? Yeah, man. There's, it's like that. But well, yeah, yeah, but you're lucky though. I mean, as a brass player, we got some brass quintets that are like, you know, we didn't have real rep until like the last hundred years because nobody yeah. can play like that, really. Right. And like even you listen to old recordings from the first half of the century. I was, I was listening to like this uh, host conducts the planets. Oh yeah. First of all, he was a horrible conductor. <laughs> Everybody thought that they're just like, why is he conducting? And the composer, I guess. Right. <laughs> and the brass just sounded so sad. Oh, we got some comments. Let's go. What's, What's up, y'all? Wait, who coming? Wait, who look? You need, I told you pull up the comments, dog. No, they coming. They yeah. coming. Yep, yep, yep. Wait, can, can you quickly explain? Uh, yeah. Play homie, play. Play homie, oh, yeah. play. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I recently thought about it, and my philosophy with social media that I hope other people adopt is post not your perfection post your reality mm. and with that I wanted the, I thought about it as a as a student <clears throat> and I get so many questions about performance anxiety all the time as a student 
we work, what, an entire year, two semesters for one recital performance. Maybe two if it's studio class. <laughs> and then it's done. You're done, and you got it. And if you that mess was, up, that that's was out of it. <laughs> yeah, you, you mess up, that's it. Like, you don't get another chance. What kind of strength of those? <laughs> if, and <laughs> what, what, what are we doing? What are we doing when we're going to school? We're practicing to become performers. So if we only perform once a year, that's not practicing performing. Right. So I wanted to encourage people to utilize Instagram as a platform to perform wherever they are in the process of learning their instrument or learning their piece and join to create a community where people were doing that and encouraging each other. Because by and large, of all the social media platforms, Instagram is the most uplifting and kind ecosystem. Mm. If you look at the comment sections, like if you look at... <laughs> YouTube, it's like the, it's like the <laughs> it's like the lowest common denominator of humanity. I honestly don't read Facebook any too. YouTube. Comments. Don't do it, man. <laughs> don't do it. You'll want to end it all. Like yeah. I, like anything remotely controversial, like anything that's just not kid friendly, and even kid friendly channels have some weird stuff. Nigga! Like yeah, no, no, I literally get those com, I get those comments all the time. Really? So, yeah, on yeah, on YouTube. I have a filter now. You, like, do you answer back? Do you ever like? I was like, I appreciate you your feedback. No, when people come at me hating, saying racist or hateful stuff, I was like, I appreciate the feedback. Thanks for, thanks, thanks for your sharing. comments. Yeah. Because they're boosting my numbers. They're like they're boosting me and the that's analytics true, right? the algorithm okay, when they yeah. engage with the content. Oh, so, and and it boosts like more when I respond to them. And if I always spread love instead of perpetuating hate, yeah. you know, I'm not that's only good. boosting my analytics, but I'm also negating. I'm negating yeah. that. Mm, you know. Because um, a lot of times when people are negative and when they're hateful, it's like yeah. It's not about you. You think your analytics would boost them more if you went like super hardcore? If you just like went back at them like even nastier? <laughs> yes, but the, but the but the R that wouldn't be worth it because the right. ROI of it would be oh now I'm an asshole, you know? And mm. nobody wants to work with an asshole, and that's just not who I am. First of all, second mm. of all, like that takes energy, man. It's much nicer to let it go, say something nice, and just move on instead of fighting this internet troll that wants to get the rise out of you. If you don't give them the rise that they want, they wasted their time. And yeah. there's no better way to screw over a troll than to waste their time. Right. Hmm. Boom. Answers. <clears throat> internet, man. You gotta, Answers. gotta internet correctly. Yeah, yeah. I think the internet is the next wave. And like, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I've been talking to a lot of tech people lately. Yeah. And like, uh, the explanation of like bitcoins to me, like, it's very like oh bitcoin is dude. Are you in? It's very crazy. Are you in? Nah. Like, I don't know what the fuck. I'm in. I, I got, I got, I got one pant leg in. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 no, no. I, I need to. Yeah, I need to jump into these investments. You know, yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. You know, I've been waiting too long. Disposable income. Only disposable. Be ready to lose it because we don't know what, what cryptocurrency is doing. Right. Mm. You got to be careful. You got to be ready. That's play money. Okay. But I had a friend who invested in this thing called Ripple. Five hundred bucks turned to eighty thousand. What? Uh, yeah. But it was like early. So what? It was like percentage percentages of cents, Ooh. and then it jumped to like thirty nine cents. What, what so is Ripple? Like, what, what is what is it? It's a it's a subsidiary. I, I'm I'm the wrong person to ask about <laughs> mm. cryptocurrency first of all, but Bitcoin is like there are different cryptocurrencies, 
And oh, Bitcoin's is, not the only one. No, no there are hundreds. Oh, hundreds, yeah. Yeah, and they all have different rates and they all increase and stuff. But Ripple, my friend saw it because Ripple was uh, being backed by national governments because the technology of Ripple uh, allowed people to make transactions thousands of times faster because of the coding of it. Cryptocurrency is just computer programming right. that is, stands in place of money. Mm -hmm. So if you invest in a cryptocurrency that can do transactions much faster because the code is more elegant, mm -hmm. you're actually making more money for your company because you're throwing money at consumers and, and at different businesses faster using a cryptocurrency, which is a program. So that's why governments were backing it and it was gaining some steam. Do you think that Bitcoin <laughs> could gain sentience? Say what? TJ. Could, could Bitcoin become sentient? Sentient? <laughs> no. Is that that kind? No, it's it's just could a, could a dollar bill become sentient? Mm, it does control the minds of men. But <laughs> but no. <laughs> yeah, but physically yeah, probably no. Yeah, exactly. And 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 it's not an AI. It's right, just right. it's just a program. It's right. just a literal just code. Ones and zeros that represent something and okay. allow you to do an online transaction. Is it going to be like some type of war like on that? You think? On cryptocurrency? Like by the federal government, like, yo, we're shutting this down now. The federal government government uses it. Mm. So and and honestly it's international, so it's not even a federal issue, it has to be a world government. Like a world mm. bank issue would have they would have to shut it down. Um but uh but yeah. Interesting. Huh. All these different things. Let me ask you a question, like sure. In terms of uh I know you think Instagram is the best I mean, it's helped you a lot. Like, it's not. It's 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 one of them. Right. So what's what's another app you'd say that you like or like <clears throat> you feel like helped you along? Um, YouTube has helped a lot. Um, YouTube over Instagram. I would rather be bigger on YouTube than Instagram, to be honest. Why so? Uh, YouTube has one billion monthly users. As opposed to 500 mil. What kind of content do you usually put out on? Like, what's the stuff you. Tutorials and vlogs. So, okay. tutorials on how to play better or how to navigate the classical music space, and then vlogs of my day as a musician. Because um, <clears throat> a lot of kids have parents that say that being a musician is not a viable career, especially if you don't get into an orchestra. And I'm trying to show that it is indeed possible. And by showing and documenting my life, I want people to see the steps it requires. You know, I want people to see that I am going to meetings with people, that I am rehearsing, I am doing reading parties, I am doing this. And if they do that too, make the connections, be a nice person, and give value to other people, it'll be fine. Because um, at the end of the day, you have to realize, how long does it take for a restaurant to hit the black? You start a new restaurant. How long does it typically most restaurants fail anyway. Right. But if you're going to be a successful restaurant, how long does it take for an entrepreneur who starts a restaurant to eat hit black? Like five years, right? It's five or six. Yeah. And the whole time you're losing money. Yeah. Wow. You know what I'm saying? That's what I saw this social media thing is I need to start my restaurant. And if, I, if it takes five or six years of me to eat shit, you know, mm -hmm. both figuratively and from, from you know, failure, trying to figure it out, people, um, you know, people, you know, relationships being destroyed. I don't know why. But, like, people, you know, having disdain for me. Like, I'll take that. That's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, because at the end of the day, if I hit the black, then I have something that I can call my own. 
and nobody can say that they put me on. You know what I'm saying? I, I can really yeah. say that I built this. But you lost, what, you lost relationships from YouTube? No. Or no. just in the... Or being a musician. Just being a musician? Yeah. yeah. No, it's just, it's it's interesting. Um, it's interesting. You, uh, you, you try to uh, create something and then people see you as uh, a threat or they, they, they mistake my intentions for creating content. It's not even about me. It's like I'm trying to help people out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, I was going to ask you earlier in the conversation, like, uh, what, uh, what, uh, what's it called? Uh, what's your biggest motivation? Because when you were talking about yeah. Bitcoins mm-hmm. and the money, you're saying, like, I get excited about the money too, you know? Yeah. But, like, uh, oh, can I, can like, I, can like, I, like, yeah. Like, because, uh, like, uh, like I was saying about the orchestra stuff, mm-hmm. you know, when everybody's hitting and the goosebumps, you know, mm-hmm. that feeling is one of the things I strive for. Motivation, yeah. And then like uh, money motivates me. Uh, so what motivates me to do what? To do what you do, to take the path that you chose, you know, like mm-hmm. saying like, mm-hmm. like, like, and, and, and it sounds like I, you're trying to help people say more than anything, mm-hmm. saying like, it, mm-hmm. it, well, I shouldn't say that. I should let you answer the question before. Well, my motivation, I played my first string quartet when I was uh, about to go into 10th grade. And it was the most invigorating experience of my entire life. I really felt connected to people that I'd never met before. You know, I built deep friendships and relationships with people who are very different from me through music. Mm. And... I, to this day, I'm obsessed with chamber music. If I'm feeling depressed like I am right now with my playing, all I need to do is just go play some chamber music. I feel right. so much better. Call up the squad? Yeah, call up the squad. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was try- I'm was. trying to do it tomorrow, but there are people who can't come because it's like Thanksgiving. Wednesday. Yeah, yeah so I'm, tr- I'm trying to see this weekend if I could get, get the squad back together to do some chamber music. But what motivates me, man, is above anything... I want to do something that I that doesn't feel like work. I want to do something that makes people's lives fundamentally better. Yeah. And I want to make a lot of money doing it. And I don't make any apologies for that. There's nothing wrong with wanting to make a lot of money doing something that you want. I think there's a misconception. Like people are like, "How dare you have the audacity to pursue your dreams? <laughs> your 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 punishment for doing that should be you should be poor. <laughs> you know, you should struggle." And I vehemently disagree. I think life I don't want is, to see you win. This is a universe of yeah. abundance, and there is elegance to be found in this universe. And I, I, yeah, I'm definitely willing to punt my 20s and 30s to have financial freedom and the, for the rest of my life. That is attractive to me. And above all, you know, I want to have a deep relationship with my kids one day, like when I have kids. Uh, you know, I want to be able to have the financial faculties to support them mm-hmm. you know Try what I mean do something to you. <laughs> Peter Peter don't sue us um, yeah, um, lost a sponsor <laughs> but yet I'm telling you like nothing would be cooler than me being able to say no I will not take this gig because my daughter has a dance recital or my son has a basketball game I'm gonna go to that you know, oh, I got to stay home. The wife has got a business trip. I got to <clears> stay <throat> home, take care of the kids, cook. 
you know, that that's why I want to be a YouTuber. That's why I want to be an Instagrammer because I can still make money and be available for them as well as, you know, maybe when I'm dead and gone, who knows when that will be, I want to have Your legacy assets. I would have assets so they don't have to struggle, so they can do whatever they want to without worrying about where is money going to come from. I want them to start their restaurant, whatever that may be. Um, and they're just that's that is. I you want have, them to be able to. You got brothers or sisters? I have a younger brother. Yeah, he's uh, twenty three. Yeah, you said that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so wait, what, he plays, plays musician. Yeah. He, he plays cello, but he's a psychology major, so he okay. graduated psychology degree. Um, and he's an author, so he's he's okay. a science fiction author. I was about to say. Yeah. Heard a lot of bad stories about psychology degrees. You know, you know what? My mom's a psych <laughs> degree too. Uh, I she's like, a master's in psychology. So. Alright, that's he. He got to hook up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever I get home, uh, they're like, "So, how was your day? How did that make you feel?" <laughs> you know, so I was like, "Stop! <laughs> Stop analyzing me." <laughs> You know, you know, maybe you need to look at this from a stop. Okay, stop. I know I have to look at it from their perspective. I get it. You know, <laughs> but yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> Where did you grow up again? Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, yeah. So what's the what's the all right, what? brother? Yeah, so sorry, I got so, cheese so, on my head. It's all good. Yeah. Southern, Southern boys up in the house. Yeah, what's so it's Connecticut. You know? Yeah, I'm never, no, never. I've been to Connecticut like twice. You don't disrespect them like that? No, it's all good. No, I. That, that's funny because I get Cali a lot. I get <laughs> oh, California. I can see that. Can Cali see that. vibes? Yeah. yeah, I get that a lot. Um, so as, uh, I mean, I've had my experience in the South growing up. What's doing up? Yeah. Classical music. Yeah. What was yours like in Atlanta? You know, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I was part of this thing called the Talent Development Program. Mm-hmm. Um, which is uh, a subsidiary of the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra. And what it was is it provided lessons and summer festival scholarships for people of color, for African-American string players and Mm -hmm. also wind players. So it was really cool. I was surrounded by black people who were dope. (laughs) You know what I mean? In that... but I had I had people, you know, growing up saying that I was white, you know, like oh, of calling me white, oh, Oreo, yada, 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 because I spoke clearly. Look, my mom, there are tapes from when I was like month, like a year old, maybe mm-hmm. like 13 or 14 months. She sat me down with a tape recorder and was teaching me how to pronounce words. Hey, Drew, say ball, ball. <laughs> and they got little, little, you you know, <laughs> say juice, eat juice. Like I couldn't say juice for some reason. I was kind of messed up in the head. But you know, <laughs> my mom and my grandmother, and my grandfather. My grandfather was a civil rights leader. He marched alongside Martin Luther King um, in Atlanta. He was the Atlanta chapter president of the NAACP. Mm. You know, uh, yeah. Everybody yeah. I meet from the South got some fucking history. Yo, look, the Southern royalty thing is a thing. Yeah. Like, I can go anywhere in Atlanta and be like, "Yo, I'm Lonnie King Jr.'s son, uh, grandson," and they're like. Oh, dope. Okay. Yeah, you should come on. It's like, it's, especially with like the old guard. Mm. You know, the South is very clicky. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's grandmama know everybody, oh, uh, everybody else's oh, grandmama. You know, so it's I How love that. Doing, baby? How you doing, baby? How you Back to Spellman Week. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's crazy. Oh, so, <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, it, you know what? 
I had such a loving mother and family and good environment. Any outside extremity negativity or animosity didn't affect me. You know, I knew who I was or I was trying to discover that. And that's just kind of how I roll today. It's like, for the most part, I keep my eyes on my, on my own lane right. and just do my own thing. And if other people have things to say about that, that's cool. I mean, you're entitled to your opinion. But. No, no, like, uh, like, not like, uh, that's another reason I wanted to interview, because uh, it's like, uh, I was seeing, like, uh, the perks, because when I first met you, you were 60,000. Yeah. And you saying, like, uh, saying, cool dude, nice dude came with us, we're kicking out in Minnesota, saying, we did that mm-hmm. shit, we mm-hmm. shit hard. Like, oh my God, I still have the picture of us with Towley. <laughs> the how the how the how yeah. Uh, oh, okay. The okay. Halloween party with okay. you, me, and Ray. When okay, we went to that. okay. Yeah. And all, all around to that. Oh, yeah. That, that chick that you... Yeah. What? <laughs> she, she, was hanging out, she was hanging out with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a, she stepped on the glass. Oh, yeah. And she oh. got in that Uber. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Lost her shoes. She's so crazy. Yeah, no, she yeah. she was holding her shoes. She just wouldn't put them on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Classic yeah. drunk girl won't put on her shoes. Oh, yeah. It was like, why? Girl, you're in the streets. Like, come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't know what's on the ground. Wow. Yeah, no, that was funny. No. That was funny. But, uh, anyway. damn. Okay, yeah, kicking, no, we were <laughs> kicking it in Minnesota. Um, no, yeah. what were you saying before that? Uh, well, you had you had some questions about me because, like, you know, you had heard about me, you'd met me. And, oh yeah, so what's it called? Like, uh, oh yeah, I was talking about like uh, perks. The, the, yeah, the perks of being like uh, yeah. of being you. You know, like I yeah. remember like uh, being uh, on that tour, and then like every yeah. concert we would come to, go to, yeah. saying like you always had like people showing up to see you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, That's the, some boss. And, and the thing is, they're soloists, <laughs> and there's like a, a solo quartet, and like. There was always a crowd at the green room to see this guy. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and, and, and so I'm just saying, like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm like, what is going on? You know, like for a classical musician. Yeah. And then like uh, there was another time, so I see him at a gig, saying it's a little pretty little saying, saying Central American thing was like all over. Oh him. yeah, Rutgers. And, and then I'm, she actually became my girlfriend. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah. See. And then, <laughs> and then I, but 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 y'all still call her? No. All right. Well, wait. So so it's so. Okay. I asked her like, yo, how'd you how'd you meet him? She was like, yo, saying he's a really nice guy. I met him at the last concert, and then yeah. I checked him out. He's like famous. So maybe she maybe she wasn't the right one. You know what I'm yeah, saying? You know yeah. What I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, but <laughs> but then like uh, I was also wanted to also know like 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 what are the other perks. From like uh, from 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 the grind that you've already put in, you know, like you as, know, far, as far as gigs, as far as like traveling opportunities or like other stars you get to meet or people collaborations you get to do. Or, you know what? It's like you know, there, there's something to be said about somebody who looks busy. You know what I mean? If you if you're creating your own sphere of influence. Uh, other people, what I've, the biggest perk that I've, that it has mattered the most to me is that I can sometimes reach out to people that I admire and they'll actually listen. They'll like, mm-hmm. they'll be, they'll take some time. Case in point, I met this guy who's a videographer and photographer, uh, who I absolutely adore. His name is Jesse Driftwood on Instagram. He creates the best Instagram stories 
ever on Instagram. If you don't know who he is, go follow him on Instagram. He's incredible. Jesse who? Jesse Driftwood. Okay, J-E-S-S-E Driftwood. Um, he's really cool. And so I saw in his story that he was in New York. And so I like hit him up in the DMs. I was like, yo, Jesse, I, I know this is weird, but like you're in town. Like, is there any chance like I could like meet you, hang out with you? And like I hung out with him. Like I met him in Central Park and we hung out for like 30 minutes. Just him and his wife, we were just talking and we like shared ideas and, and talked. And that would have probably never happened if I didn't have the sort of following that I have and he even shouted me out in his story Dude. and I got I got like a, like 1500 new followers yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. who now watch my stories yeah real you know? talk yeah that's why I was like I was mad nervous like uh to even ask you. Really? I'm dead ass, dude. And like, oh, man. Yeah, and, and, and I'm saying that's what the clout does, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Motherfuckers start walking around scared you all of a sudden. And, yeah. and, then, and, and then like, uh, <laughs> that like today I'm like, that message, I was like, yo, like, uh, do I hit him up too early? Not, like, not. Because uh, yeah. like, because oh. motherfuckers get busy all of a sudden. Yeah, you know yeah. So like, and you know what? I really appreciate you saying that, man. And, and that's his real shit. Yeah. One thing that I want to say right off the bat, um, whenever you build a following or yeah. whenever somebody builds a following or they get a lot of money, uh, a, lot, it's, a lot of people say it changes people, but it actually makes them more of who they are. It actually is a magnifying glass on who they are on a fundamental level. And who I want to be and who I believe I am and want to become more of is somebody who is completely approachable, somebody who is open and willing and helpful. And so the fact you reach out to me, I try to answer all of my emails, I try to answer all my DMs, comments. I'm unsuccessful. Uh, but I try to be as open and available as possible. And I was honored to come on the podcast. No, dude, thank I think you're really cool, on, dude. dude. And nah, dude. Like, this is good stuff, man. I love conversations. Nah, nah, you, you, you the fucking man, dude. Like, because like, cause I looked at your shit and then I looked at some of my favorite rappers, you know? Yeah. I was like, damn. I was <laughs> <laughs> like, you came out in like 94. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe he got on Twitter a little, I mean, yeah. Instagram a little later. Who knows? Let me ask you something. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, oh, maybe it's in the back of your mind, everyone's mind as like an artist. Yeah. Like, being successful, do you fear anything about the success at all? Like, you know, do you fear like, oh no, maybe I'll just, it'll go to my head too much? No. The only thing I fear about success is letting people down mm. and and falling short of my expectations, falling short of expectations that people have for me. Uh, mm. That's my biggest fear. And so that's why I'm driven to always be getting better, always be pushing. Uh, because uh, at the end of the day, if you're not growing, you're dying. And, I, and, and people tell me I need to calm down and like, you know, it's okay. It's going to be okay. And there you don't is, have the answer, Sway. Yeah, it's like, you know, <laughs> and that's true. And there, there's a level of gratitude that I need to cultivate in my life and make more. I mean, Thanksgiving's right around the corner. So I really have to take a moment to be thankful for where I am right now because I'm always like, but I'm not doing this good enough, but I'm not doing this good enough, but I'm not doing this good enough. And it puts me into depression. You, 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 you really. think that you think that's part of being a musician? Because, like, I'm never satisfied. Just, just in 
artist, okay. just an artist. Yeah. I can do more. Yeah. I can do more. And the fact that I didn't see that or the fact that I didn't execute on that makes me a terrible human. That's that's what my brain keeps telling me. And yeah. fighting that ego and, and falling back yeah. on, on on thankfulness, you know, great being grateful. And also uh, patience. Yeah. Patience. I want it all. But, like, at the end of the day, you know, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. And I've only been doing it for four. So, patience. Patience over time equals results. Which, out of these four years, which year has been the best? Uh, This year. This year? Yeah, this year. Every year, every year gets better. Every year gets better. Because, you know... You know what? You know what really makes me happy is when people say they meet me and they tell me you're you're just like I imagined you would be. You're just as nice as I thought you'd be. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that I means love, you're authentic off on the screen. Exactly, and so, and that's what matters to spitting me. Spitting bars. Yeah, no. I at the same <laughs> at the end of the day, like a lot of people use social media to show the best side of themselves, um, and for good reason because like why would anybody want to? follow a nasty person unless it's a troll and just like a, 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 an act you know what I mean but when people say like I feel like I already know you that means that you've really what you have done is you have given a part of yourself to them in a way that any friendship does except you haven't received anything back from them like I just talked to a camera lens all the time like that's it I talked to a lens Yo, for hours so, a day sorry you know what I mean? Yeah, the first couple of times, is that shit weird? It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. You, look, you look straight in the... You look straight, yeah, you goddamn, look. right down the center of that lens. As yeah. this, As if I'm looking into your eyes, you right. feel this energy? Right. I put that into the lens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and you don't know how many people on the other side of the lens are going to receive that energy, but sending that energy yeah, out. Yeah, when I first started, mm-hmm. started, started, started watching this shit, it was like, much at the tour, saying, saying that, uh, <coughs> 60,000. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I said, wow, you know? Mm-hmm. And, then I, and then I see the 8,000. Yeah. And then I said, damn, I gotta follow this. <laughs> so this was out in Jersey. So I'm like, after I saw her, I'm like, damn, I gotta, I gotta figure this out, you know? <laughs> and then, like, uh, and then I saw you at 100,000. And to be honest, and, and, uh, it, it's like, uh, uh, they, 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 those are three different people, to be honest, saying, like, I'm not saying you're faking it like that. Yeah. But, like, uh, your confidence in, like, uh, there was less shyness saying the bigger you got, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, it's a, it's a great thing, that's what you're supposed to do, you're supposed to evolve. You know what it, you know what it was? It wasn't just that I was getting bigger, it's that I was doing it more. And that I was getting yeah, more comfortable. comfortable. All right, yeah. yeah, you fall into, you fall into patterns then. Like you, it's like with anything, you fall into stride. It's like grabbing an instrument and learning your hand frames. The more you do it, the, the less effort you have to put in, the more settled into it you become. And that's how I felt uh, in that. And owning it. I think at the end of the day, it's like I was afraid to own it for a long time. And I don't think I'm afraid to own it anymore. Yeah, man. Like, right. I, I, I'm trying to own being me, you know what I'm saying? You have to. Yeah. I like if you that. don't. I've been living with that idea, extreme ownership. Yeah. There's another podcast, this guy Jocko Willenick, who uh-huh. has his thing and... How do you own yourself? How do you well, own This idea from him, I've been kind of living with it for, I'd say, a month, but it's just the idea is extreme ownership. So 
you own everything that happens to you or around you. So it's all your fault, for good or bad. Exactly. Exactly. Because like there's something simple. to be learned. There's yeah, something to be learned. It's simple, but yeah. it's hard to really live. Oh, man. But I like it. That's what the best CEOs cool. do, man. Exactly. Like, everything that goes wrong in the company is my fault. Yeah. Because I hired that person who fucked up. Exactly. You know what you I mean? You shouldn't have hired him then, you know? But how do you know? Right, 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 right. That's not the point. That's not the point. It's like it's the it's the it's the way that you're gonna now hire someone in the future, right? You're gonna you're gonna take that ownership and say like, okay, maybe I'll do this slightly different because that was my fault last time. Have you do you follow Gary Vaynerchuk at all? Uh, I have. I've you know I saw him on the uh, the Joe Rogan podcast. Let me tell you. He's the reason I'm here right now. Yeah, he was an interesting guy. What What do you, you get out of him? Basically, I saw him no. on that podcast. That's all I know. About I saw him. I used to do multi level marketing, uh, and so I went to a conference, uh, and he was the keynote speaker there. And he was talking about how everybody, no matter how you believe, this was 2013. This okay. fall 2013, hmm. right after I downloaded Instagram, he was like, everybody is a media company, whether you like it or not. Now are you going to get paid for it, or are you just going to do it for free? And I was like, on top of that, he's like, you have an audience. And I was like, I do? As I'm a musician, I have an audience already? And so he like changed the way I thought about social media uh, and how I could do it. And he, the biggest thing was, I was like, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to do. And he said, give value. Whatever that is. Make somebody laugh. I'm not funny. Uh, make somebody feel inspired. I don't have anything to be inspired. I don't know how to inspire people. Uh, teach people something. I was like, okay, I know how to play the viola. Maybe I could start posting tips that I've learned from my teachers while I'm in school and put them on lock in little captions on Instagram posts. And that value proposition was, imagine a young kid in orchestra class seeing something that I, that my teacher had just told me mm-hmm. that just rocked my world and I share that with them. And they're like, oh man, that's crazy. I just, they left that post feeling being a better human. You know what I mean? Their life was better for having seen that post. Yeah. And so that's what I learned from Gary Vaynerchuk is uh, that. Also, going back to everything being my fault and somebody else doing something bad, it's your fault you hired him. Yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk says, you shouldn't try to get better at hiring, get better at firing. <laughs> Interesting. Why? Because you, you really, there's no way to know how somebody's going to do like you have to have a base you gotta be good at like knowing what you want and then being like you're not are they are they a dud are they gonna are they gonna become better or are they just they're gonna stay at that level right and if they're not gonna get better and ascend through the ranks they're not fire that person make sure they they have placement somewhere else but fire there i wanted to talk some boss talk yeah what's it called like uh is is this a new segment (laughs) boss talk we need need to get some sort of like sound that was some warm-up talk it's like uh because because you over there bossing on your own you know what i'm saying like and like uh and like uh i've always believed in uh in uh team Saying, is anybody behind you? No. You just playing point guard, one on one basketball. One on one. Yeah, I'm I'm a one man show. Wow. For now, it's just because I'm broke. <laughs> but I, I I foresee what my dream is. Is I want to hire an entire team. You know, somebody who literally has studied what I've done. You know, how I write my captions. Yada yada yada. Right. 
Uh, <coughs> and I want I want people to study, post what, for you, me. You said study how they write your captions. How, how I write my captions so they can post on my behalf. Um, they, I can literally dictate something to them, and then I just um, do this for the caption. Yada yada. Post it. Edit. You know how I. You know what filter I'm using. You know what uh, color palette I'm using. Use Lightroom. Edit my picture as I would. You know. Look at these. Your creative concept. Yeah, I need somebody to do that. I need somebody to be, you know, probably pretty much follow me around with a camera, take pictures for me, mm. you know, help me shoot my vlogs, uh, help me write, uh, help me do a podcast, help me write. So you're trying to be more like Carrie. I'm, what, what I'm trying to do is become a content creation machine that then evolves into a content production company that mm. then teaches other entrepreneurial musicians how to create their own content and create their own space mm. because it's not something that's being taught in school and I'm tired like I came from a school where they don't have where they refuse to accredit yeah. Yeah. a a entrepreneurial musician curriculum Wait, right. so uh, they're the old guard right. is so resistant to this hold I want to there's a market so so check it like uh, they wasn't teaching hip hop and I like I remember thinking to myself Damn, I could just probably sneak up in the school and teach that shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's an open market for that. But now, but now, uh, <clears throat> Rabbi Dark Side is over there doing that. You know? It doesn't matter. That's yeah, what I'm trying to get you out here, Rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts out the Rabbi. You know what I'm saying? Let me but, tell you something though, man. Just because somebody else is doing it doesn't. Nah, nah. Care. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm saying, is that something you're interested in, like? Be a professional because you saw. Uh, all right, maybe Oops. just to segue into something yeah. else. What's it called? Yeah. Uh, the Neil deGrasse Tyson. Tyson. You, you said you, you said you said you wanted to be a version of him. You know. Yeah. And like uh, he's kind of like he gives a lot of talks. You know. Mm -hmm. And like he drops knowledge all day. And that's what you've been doing here tonight, dude. Uh, we appreciate really appreciate that. that. Appreciate and you. Like, uh, and like, uh, is that what you're trying to do? Like, at the end of the day, like, because it's real talk. Say, I'm not saying I, I want to stop playing bass, yeah. but like, but like, uh, but uh, when I do these podcasts, these interviews, yeah. I'm having a great time, dude. Just, and you're good at it. I don't know that yet, but like, you're good at it. I mean, you're a natural. Thank you. Appreciate that. But yeah. like, but I, I definitely enjoy it. And like, uh, and I would love for to have to have this as a way of income or something else to have on the side. Yeah. If I could, because I'm trying to help people and get this the information you're giving me tonight. And like what I've seen throughout these episodes, it's like it's all positivity, you know? Yeah, man. And like all the negatives, because I got a lot of negativity in my head, you know what I'm saying? Like I try not to be negative, you know? Like you say about depression, shit, we all got that little bit of shit up in this. Yeah. But it's just like, uh, yeah, I see how that shit be holding me back, you know. Mm -hmm. But the but every story up here, maybe motherfuckers come here bullshitting. But like, uh, it seems like it comes from a positive background or thought. It's not hubris, nothing in any way, you know. It's all love, man. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, and that DJ Khaled shit, man. And like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yo, though, I want to see how DJ Khaled kid turns on like ten years. Like, it, would that hurt that kid? You know what I'm saying? I don't think so. I don't think so. Look, you have like a beer drug problem? But we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Jamie Smith wasn't getting love like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think so. Uh, not, so not, not publicly. What are some like practical, like little little small things that people can do that, you know, like people watching right now that yeah. maybe want to get their little social gems? media stuff yeah, on? Little gems. Social media gems. Yeah, we got okay. just like little things that they can like, uh, you know, 
start on a day-to-day process, yeah. you know, just to kind of build their social media stuff. Okay. Like, let's say, like, me, Step for one, instance, like, I, Instagram. I don't really do much <laughs> other than just, like, hey, I'm playing with so-and-so, I'll share it, you know? Yeah. So I don't even, like, try to build any kind of the following. You want, you want to get, let's, let's get, let's get, let's get really micro. Yeah, let's get into let's it. get micro. So, so let's, 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 let's start the foundation. What are you good at? Go on your strengths first okay. before you try to build your weaknesses. And, and the biggest thing My hair, is, my looks. Yeah, <laughs> these devilish looks, you should be doing it too. Uh, and that charisma, man. So what w- what it is is like, are you a good writer? Are you a good talk show host like, like this guy here? Mm-hmm. Or are you a strong personality, like very charismatic? And those, and being... Figuring out your platform, figuring out if you're a good photographer, if you're natural, if you're a good videographer, if you're a good camera personality, if you're a good writer, all of those things, take stock of what you're good at and then uh, figure it out. Because if you're good at audio, guess what? You need to start a podcast. You need to go on the app called Anchor and start making daily uh, podcast, mini podcast talk shows on Anchor. Then the new social media platform will be with voice, it will be audio, one hundred fifty percent. People will be calling in to give comments. People, will, it, it, we don't know what it's going to look like, but it's going to be Twitter, but for voice. That's it's mm. it's being built. It's happening. So jumping in on audio, because get what is audio Just jumping do? into? As soon as soon as soon we get hundred, soon we get hundred followers on, yeah. on on these live streams. I'm going to start taking in phone calls. Yeah, no, seriously. Because yeah, here's yeah, the deal, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Here's the deal. When you have audio going on. That means you have your hands free. You have your eyes free. You can do chores, you can do this, you can that. People can still consume content. Yeah. Okay? So that's that's number one. Figure out what you're good at. If you're good at writing, start a blog on Medium. You know, like write blog posts. Uh, and it doesn't have to be anything special. Just write what you know. Mm. If you're good at, uh, you can write about writing. You know, it doesn't matter. Like if you're really good at it. Uh, if you're good at taking pictures, Go on Instagram, go on Facebook, start a blog. You know, uh, if you're good at video, make a YouTube channel, put up funny Instagram videos, or outsource. You know, go and make videos for other people. Yeah. And uh, people with good followers help take some of their load off. I'm hiring, by the way. And uh, <laughs> and and serious, like nice. <laughs> and serious, like like let them put you on, and that might just be a good jumpstart to your career. Nice. So that's number one. Number two, depending on understand the native voice of each platform. Every platform is different. Instagram is aesthetic. It's about sensation. It's about emotion. If you really evoke emotion and give value to people aesthetically on Instagram, you're going to succeed. Mm-hmm. Positivity is the name of the game. You go on Facebook, you're much, it's more, much more promotional. It's much more opinionated. It's much more information accessible. So if you need to drop some knowledge, it on Facebook, and if it resonates with people, that's going to be shared. I've never heard people explain like that before. Yeah. yeah, Facebook's great. Facebook's like the 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 it's it's the most versatile. Yeah, you can pretty much post anything on Facebook and find an audience there. Um, Medium, like I said earlier, uh, written word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and YouTube obviously is for video, but yeah. man, did y'all hear about net neutrality? What? Yes. Now, hear about we gotta, we gotta get about this. to be fucked up. No, Yo, I should we call know. right now? Tell me. It's, a tell t- me. it's a Title II utility. Okay, so right now, the internet is, is categorized for now as a Title II uh, utility, which means that it is a public good and the government can enforce regulations to make sure that people don't manipulate how it's consumed, i.e., AT&T can't say, 
because uh, Netflix pays us a special fee, we'll give them regular broadcasting oh, speed, yeah, yeah, speeds and yeah. say, hey, this is the premium speeding service. If you have us, you get Netflix at this and then if you don't, if you try to watch Hulu, we're going to throttle that. So it's going to be buggy or it's going to be slower to, to buffer. It, and, and it's not going to be worth it. The problem with that is uh, a lot of politicians and people who are f- against net neutrality say that the market will correct itself. We need less government oversight. The problem is if you live in fucking Kansas, you have two choices. Hmm. It's, it's, right. it's, 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 an, it's like not a monopoly, but it might as well be. Right. And so when you start having companies trying to increase their profit margins by saying, hey, you need to pay us a premium so we don't throttle your service. That is not free market. That's like some uh, gangster shit. Like it's, some it's mafioso. Exactly. That's why <laughs> net neutrality is of the utmost importance. So what exactly just happened then? What was the so what's going on is there's a bill trying to be passed in Congress where it changes it to a Title I, which means the government can't regulate it. And companies can regulate whatever they want. So if an internet company like Comcast is like, you know what, Hulu you cool, you know. If you ha- if you want to watch Hulu, uh, you know we'll we'll do it at our premium streaming service, you mm. know, uh, because they pay us. And if you want to watch Netflix, Netflix doesn't pay us, so you know you're gonna have to wait to buffer. You know, it's gonna be a much slower tier. And the way we're already seeing that is, if you try to sign with with T-Mobile, what do they do? They get they say Netflix doesn't get counted towards your mobile data. Uh, There's already a tiny yeah, I just little saw those microcosm. Those commercials, exactly. Like like uh, you get Amazon Prime free, or you get uh, Hulu free, or you get. Or different Let's not even talk about get. those. Let's talk about the startup companies, startup video streaming service companies that are trying to compete with YouTube. They are going to end up having to encounter overhead that they can't take. Right. Because if you want to be a usable platform so small on podcast, it's 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 going to str- it's going to literally be a choke billionaire small. already. You gotta have a small yeah. million dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of our one, one of our past guests said he told us that like uh, both of these parties are, are are just in the interest of the of the rich. Oh, you hear about the DNC did did with Hillary? Yeah. What they do? Oh shit! We're so there, there was a lot of Hillary, right? You know, oh, well, so so it, there there was, <laughs> there was some proof that was coming up that the DNC had made some deals with Hillary Clinton to put her on. Uh, because oh, the Hillary, the Hillary was Hillary was her foundation, the Clinton Foundation, I think, was uh, helping to get the DNC out of debt. They were massively in debt, and oh. they were getting money from the Hillary bills. the right. Clinton Foundation. So they were like, "Okay, we got you, Hills." You know, and so <laughs> Sanders, it's it was like there was some serious. Look it up. I only saw a, a little article of it, so I'm not an expert. I don't delve into politics too deeply because it makes me want to cut my throat but, <laughs> you know what I'm saying but like at the end of the day it's good to be cognizant of what's going on and at the end of the day you have to realize that uh, these people are not for you they're for companies that will fund their campaign so they can't there's no politician the that's for me right the reason why is because they are able to be bought out. Yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> um, nobody, they don't want you, dog. They don't care. They just want your vote. Yeah. You know? yeah. But then they'll vote with That's the big company feel, that supports their campaign feel, and their foundation. So is everything just eventually just fucked? It's just are you an optimist or a pessimist? It's just I'm an optimistic realist. 
So if, if there are a few key changes in legislation by an audacious president or an audacious audacious uh, uh, influx of Congress members, you know, one of them, uh, one of them being, what is it? Well, Citizens United is a big thing. You know, uh, I don't know if that's the one that says that businesses can be treated as individuals and have rights as an American citizen. Mm. Citizens United is the super PAC thing. Okay. Okay. I know there's, there, there was a law that was brought. Which I think is the same thing. I think it's, 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 I'm not, like I said, I'm not a political scientist. I don't know the the nuts and bolts, but I do know that, that corporate entities and conglomerates can be seen as American citizens Mm -hmm. and have rights as American citizens. And that's crazy. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. So that, and if we can get rid of, uh, the ability for companies to public to to fund and lobbyists to fund campaigns and to push legislation we will then get rid of a big shroud that blocks <laughs> you know the public interest mm. uh the it's corporate interest that's much more important than public interest and at the end of the day when you're in a democratic republic where you elect officials to vote on your behalf companies are not citizens Citizens are citizens. If you are calling your congressman and say, hey, I care about net neutrality, that should matter. It shouldn't be like McComcast is donating, you know, a couple hundred millions, a <laughs> couple hundred million to my campaign for re-election, so I'm going to vote with whatever they I'm want. I'm going to need you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but, exactly. But, if it, but let's say 75,000 people call, say, we need net neutrality. That 75,000 people could be the difference between you winning re-election in spite of getting that hundreds of millions of dollars for your campaign. Wow. So that's why in order for this to work, we're going to have to come in mass in the hundreds of thousands, if not millions, saying what we need to do. But at the end of the day, we're all fucking busy. We got our own problems. Most people, the biggest thing is most people work three jobs just to pay. Like, they don't have time to study up on politics. And, like, we ask the question, are they stretching us too thin? Yeah, and they they do that on purpose. And they keep on stretching us thinner, you know what I'm saying? And, like, uh, where, where, where you had to start, well, maybe you wanted to start, maybe this thing came along, you know? And, like, maybe this podcast just came along. It's like, but, like, I felt I needed to do something different, you know, like, just to, just to be out of this, out of that shit we were just talking about, you yeah. know? But, uh, yeah. You're doing it, Chris. I hope so. Chris! I'm trying. Come on! I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> we trying, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, we yeah, out yeah, here, yeah. man. We out here. Now, yeah, so so I'm thinking, yeah, possibly my friend is right. Like, everybody, both parties are, in, are, are, are interested in the yeah. side of the rich and the corporations, you know? Yeah. And so, like, the little people saying will always be... Uh, Swept away, you know. But, but do you think, honestly, do you think that's just a product of capitalism? I mean, somebody's got to lose. <sighs> Nobody can just not everybody. Can well, win. that's true, but that's why socialism is important. I believe in socialism when it's done correctly. When you have a free market, but you also have government programs that help make sure people who lose don't die for it. This isn't natural selection. This isn't Darwinism. Mm-hmm. It's it's Darwinism within com- in business. Mm-hmm. So if you lose in business, you shouldn't have to go homeless. You shouldn't have to, you know, go without health insurance so and get like, further in debt. Like, like food, shelter, all that stuff should be healthcare. And healthcare, or just you just talking about healthcare for in a sense, or well, the, it's is it not a human right to be healthy, or is it just a 
only something that's for people who win. Right. Is it your fault if you took a chance on the business <laughs> and lost and oh, so you got cancer? <laughs> you get to die. Yeah, you know, yeah. and somebody who yeah, beat you, so, your competitor so, gets so that cancer. Comes out, that comes out of the taxes. I was talking to my homeboy the other day. It's a complex issue. And he was like, yo, all right, I'm making this a lot of money. But they want to tax me at a high rate, so you guys want to take my money? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, is like this this country. Chris, is that fair in the way he said it? it was here, here, here's the, here's the thing. Like, I plan on being rich in my lifetime, yeah. and I will gladly. I mean, I will gladly pay my taxes because without this, because you know what country, it was. Yo, listen, I, I used to work for a coffee shop, so I tip. You know, saying yeah. that like in a different way. Like if you work for a restaurant, yeah, you, you do too. You tip differently. You know what I'm saying? I try to do twenty five percent. Saying and like, yeah, the whole barber game. You might tip differently if you know a barber, or if you might have cut somebody's hair and did somebody's hair. You yeah, know? I always try to throw people extra couple bucks, like for, if you for, can, for you know? yeah. if you can, and it's important. But yeah. at the end of the day, man, it's like. If this country has the infrastructure, builds the bridges, the roads, teaches the kids uh, who then become your employees, you have to make sure you feed back into that system because without it, you wouldn't have mm. your corporation. You wouldn't have that. Right. And how much money do you really need? Seventy. They say $70,000 a year is the optimal. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, but beyond that, you really don't need much more, like to have the essentials and be comfortable. What if you need a pool? <laughs> I'm sure you can get a pool. like a Ferrari. And, uh, then, then go out and start a side hustle. Go start, go start another business. Right. I need that, yeah. But I'm talking, I'm talking about yeah, like the blue collar worker that works nine to five. Right. You know, and they're and they're making forty thousand a year, and they got to get a side job at Subway mm-hmm. just to pay their bills. Like that's fucked up. I just want to buy my daughter a car. You know what I'm saying? I just want to buy my dog a car. Yeah, buy my wife a new. Uh, no, I want to buy my dog an iPad. Yeah. So, <laughs> what would you do? Let's say my dog I'm gonna put a hypothetical like give situation. Me. Like, give it to me. Somehow America got or the world got shit together. Everybody's straight. Yeah. Right. Everybody's got food shelters. Whatever. Good. Blah, blah. Yeah. What would you do? I'd still do the same damn thing because I'm gonna win. Is that a gym? That counts as a gym, right? <laughs> well, well, we, we need some extra glasses for the sauce. I think we still kind of like just moved on from the gems, but this is all part of that, not, that response. Not the gym, not the well, I mean, think about it, man. Like, there's some people who want, who have ambition, and there's some people who just want to live their life. And yeah. what, it, what that is is like going to work. I was I was talking yeah. to my homegirl about feminism and like. Oh boy, she, she was like some feminist and like. Women this, women that. And like, she's like, yo, some women want to be submissive. You know what I'm saying? And like, why can't they should be have the right to freedom, freedom, and freedom like, and choose? And she's saying some feminists is like too overboard and won't let a feminist be. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. At the end of the day, stop trying to like let a woman be what she wants to be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So let her have the option. What? Let her have the option. Like my my all about choices. my parents are I love my parents to death. Uh-huh. But you know I haven't voted much because uh, I was just like I don't uh-huh. I think it's all bullshit. You know especially when I was younger. And you know uh, and I, she was like you know people died for your right to vote. I was like nah people died for my right to choose. Like they didn't have a choice. They couldn't do anything. But but the you thing is is like once you don't vote you no longer have the opportunity. You can't complain. 
Because uh, exactly. I, I don't no, 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 no. Okay, think it's not just you, but there's something called the compound effect. Okay, yeah. when there are hundreds of thousands, if not mil, no, there are millions of people who think just like you. Those are millions of votes that could possibly sway towards something positive instead of something negative. So it's you are important, but if you don't think you're important, that is that's not the case. If everybody just if nobody decided that if everybody thought like you, nothing would get done. Well, so I, that's I, what I get it. it. But it's just that's like, all it is. Drew's up here splitting bars. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> you do not vote. You do not have a right to complain because you didn't at least get off your butt and contribute to the solution. But what if you're contributing to the solution by not feeding into the monster? It's how is not voting not contributing to the solution? That's just that's opting out. You're not even you're not even in the game. But I feel like there's more ways to affect your think, community think, than think about voting. Like right? Think about like this. Okay. okay. When you have okay, let's say you have uh towards that mic, Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so let, let's let's say you have, you know, uh a fraction, right? Right. When you have one over two, that's uh that's 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 fifty percent, right? Mm-hmm. When you have one when you have two over three, that's six six percent, right? When you have uh one over three, that's thirty three percent, right? So if you have, if you, let's go back to two over three. Let's say one person decided not to vote in that process. Right. Then you have two, you have two over two. You have 100%. Mm-hmm. Okay. But because that person decided not to opt into uh, the system, you only got 30, because, you know, one person decided not to opt into the system, they lost a vote. They lost a vote. So 100% went to one way. And they lost 33%, which is, you know, in the grand scheme, that's huge. People say when you win big, you win big like by like 4 or 5% of the vote. Okay, but for instance, like let's say you're outnumbered. Right? It doesn't matter. Like if every single person on the earth... Voted. How do you know? How do you if everybody votes? That's the only way to know if you're outnumbered. But let's see, you have 50 million people who were like, I'm outnumbered. Because right. 25 million people showed up to polls and said, I'm going to vote this way. But 50,000 were like, wow, that's 25 million. I'm just one person. I'm outnumbered. Right. And number one, like people who feel the same way didn't bother to go to the polls. That's the problem, man. We don't know until everybody votes. We don't know. But then you got to trust the system. Be like, I trust that this matters. Like people aren't like, you know. So you're going to trust a poll more than the actual system. Well, I'm not trusting anything, but I'm just saying, you know, that, that's just my whole I'm, I'm, just, I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah. But way, I, I hear you. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not knocking it at all because I just, did actually end up voting. Good. Thank you. But I, you know, but then I was afterwards, I was like, I could have I not done that. Lying ass. He didn't vote. It I doesn't matter. I voted for the look, presidential election. Look, people spoke. <laughs> that's it. And I'm willing to live with that. I'm willing, like, a lot of people are like, eh, you gotta live with it. And and now, it's just, it really made me want to go entrepreneurial, because I can't rely on the National Endowment of the Arts anymore. Oh, man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I can't rely that. on an orchestral job anymore, because that's downsizing, because arts aren't being funded. So, at the end of the day, you gotta figure out, okay, you gotta just get your own. You gotta set yourself up to be independent. So, if a government organization is overturned because a lot of people are feeling left out of the system and are going to vote radically or reactionarily, you aren't affected. 
at the end of the day, businesses, by and large, when you build your business correctly, mm -hmm. political climates, short of totalitarianism mm -hmm. or invasion, they don't bother your business right. at all. At all. So do you think, that's what I had a um, conversation with someone about this older person. They're like, you know, what about just like, you know, providing for their family, having like, you know, they had, they had social security because they're older. Yeah. But I'm just like, in my mind, like, I feel more secure, you know, with the more balls in my court. Yeah. Like just, you know. Yeah. Balls. <laughs> balls. Um, but, you know, like, it's, it's a risk, but everything's a risk. Everything's a risk. It's just like. Walking outside's a risk. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, somebody, you're in a company, and, like, you're like, oh, this is great. I have benefits, but. You know, what if they don't... What if you have a Bernie Madoff? Oh, man. Right? Oh, yeah, gosh. right? Fuck. You, you know, you're having <laughs> the best time, the best <laughs> office parties, everybody, you love everybody, then somebody fucks up. Gets yeah, greedy. Exactly. Yeah, everybody takes all your money. Run, me made off with all my money. Bitch, that was a, that was a big you, tell. You see, that, you yeah. see that movie on HBO? What? What movie? The Bernie Madoff movie? No. No. Check it out. It's a good movie. I need to, man. You I need to. You played Bernie Madoff again? Wasn't someone big? Richard Dreyfuss? The Dare. Nero. Really? Oh, oh dude, you guys have a scene. You guys are sleeping. Yeah. Damn. I can't like I'm just trying to I'm trying to get I'm trying to get my Roth IRA going, man. Mm. Roth IRA like set and then build a family endowment. Oh. So think like if you get a couple mil in your endowment and you get like five percent. Let's say let's say let's say you got ten mil. You mm -hmm. got five percent of that. That's like five hundred thousand a year. Just for just having your money in the bank, uh, money in bonds and, and in living bonds. off the interest, living off the interest, and reinvesting into the principal so it grows every single year. Yeah, this is one orchestra playing. I think it's one part of living Work the system. Yeah. Work <laughs> the system, people. Don't go party yeah, he, every weekend. Invest two hundred bucks every <laughs> every month to an in, in index fund or something. Just do it. Do it as young as possible. And then once you get your Roth IRA, then change it to another account that has a better return. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, man, by the time you're 45, if you just like, if you just play the game conservatory, conservatorial, conservatively, excuse me, this wine is kicking in. <laughs> like, it's, it's kicking in. Live in a small apartment, the smallest apartment you can stand, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, save as much money and reinvest that stuff, man. At the end of the day, you could literally just check out of life. You could just check out and be good. 500, 500K a, a year, you know, coming in residual. I think it was episode, yeah. episode two, saying we didn't even get into this type of talk and this type of boss talk. We're like, that. Boss talk. Let's do it, man. No, nah, no, nah, but yeah. I need uh, some rose uh, for this. But Eric, mm -hmm. but he, but he and I, we uh, we have discussed like some of this before. Yeah. He's like off of his uh, stock investments. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, I'll be a millionaire in like a couple, like ten years. He said. Like, yeah. Saying like, if you just make the, if you watch your stuff, you know, like it's in, it's it's inevitable. Yeah, yeah, like, but you got to have that. Yeah. They don't teach you that though. Exactly. Yeah. Why exactly. would they? Exactly. Why would they? Exactly. Yeah, and, and I just came from a couple funerals and whatnot, you know. No, and like uh, in Boston, and like uh, one, of my, my, one, of my, one of my mother's best friends, and then my little brother's godfather, mm -hmm. saying, and like, and like, uh, damn, I, 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 
I feel bad for like mentioning names now. She don't, you don't have to mention her names. But, but still, I said enough. But like, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah, there wasn't like, there, like nobody was a company owner, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody's company owner. And, like, there was, like, a lot of uh, community. Like, these people, we embraced a lot of their community things they did mm -hmm. and their and their kind-hearted things they did mm -hmm. and why everybody loved them, you know? You know yeah. what I'm saying? But, like... In terms of actual land? But as far as, like, as far as... They changed people's lives through community. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But not through... Not through dollars, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, of course. Not through business. And the people that are most prosperous are the ones that are doing it through business, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I already know. You enjoyed it. You were impressed. Saying that, the other kid, Drew Ford. Check out his handle. Saying uh, you already know what's going on with him. God, I told you already he's a boss, and he did that. He, he displayed that. Uh, yeah, the featured artist we have for this episode is Amy Kang. Uh, she's a cellist, and and she's also a visual artist. She does paintings. She she takes these box suites, and she takes a lot of other music, and she finds different colors for each note, and then she like makes these collages that come out in these beautiful ways. Yeah, you hear the helicopter? That's New York City. But uh, yeah, the collages are so beautiful, and the colors that she chooses. I'm a fan of what, uh, what she does. And uh, not just because I play with her, because I really enjoy her artwork too. But she also does like paintings of, she has a Bob Marley painting, uh, one of Pablo Casals. She's very versatile, but the one I particularly chose was one of her Bach compositions. But I hope you guys like it too. Let me know what you think. All right, thank you for tuning in to the Man Cab Podcast. That Viola Kid, Amy Kang. And uh, yeah, stay medicated. All right, next time.